And welcome to That's Life, where one day we can't get into Israel and by the next week we can. Unbelievable. It's like they're rolling out a red carpet for us. Did you get that? Red carpet. Sorry, it was like a dad joke. That's fine. We can get over it. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I'm Miriam Alwala, host of That's Life and the voice and face of Breaking Bread on Instagram and the head of social responsibility at Cross River Bank. You can find me here every Thursday right after Allison and right before Nahum's live lunch. So, yes, there's a lot going on on this planet. There is there is a tremendous amount going on, and a lot of it, frankly, is frustrating, and there are just conflicting stories and information. There's, there's a lot of stuff going on, but I want to share one unbelievably exciting thing that that took place and who it happened to does not matter it doesn't matter at all what matters is that a a woman who was an aguna a young woman who uh, was being denied a get received her get yesterday and that is an amazing success for the jewish people because we need to remember folks we need to remember how the agunot crisis really is a crisis for all of us and how the sanctity of marriage and the relationship between a husband and a woman is something that is so sacrosanct, so important in our Jewish faith that treating anyone so horribly that way and the resolution of that treatment is is just is a wonderful thing. So Mazal Tov to the woman who was unchained yesterday and may all of the, the chained women have their chains broken very, very soon. I was excited by that news. It is such a victory for our people. It really, really is. Let's do the national holidays. Today's national holidays. It's make your dream come true day. Isn't that great? I'm not in Disney, though, frankly, that's not a dream. I'd like to be able to get into Israel without swabbing my nose or doing anything else or having to fill out another form, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But it is National Make Your Dream Come True Day. It's also National Sticker Day. I had a sticker album when I was a kid. I thought you should know. It's also Public Radio Broadcasting Day, so shout out to all our fellow broadcasters. It's Rubber Ducky Day. You know what that's about. It's about the first time that Rubber Ducky appeared on Sesame Street. Yep, we celebrate that. That is a day to celebrate. And we also know that coming up next week, coming up on Monday, is Tu B'Shvat. Tu B'Shvat is a, is a wonderful Jewish holiday that, frankly, does not get enough attention. We're going to talk about that with our guests in a second, but let me do the fortune cookie. You hear that crinkle? That's how you know it's real. Here we go. And luckily for all of us, there is an actual fortune in this fortune cookie. I'm happy to see that. Here we go. A day is a span of time no one is wealthy enough to waste. Ooh, that is good. Let's do it again. A day is a span of time no one is wealthy enough to waste. Ain't that the truth? Make every day count. You're listening to That's Live here at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I am joined by Rabbi Anshul Pearl of the Rabbi of the Chabad of Mineola. Coming up this Sunday night, there is a virtual Tubishvat Seder being hosted by Rabbi Anshul and Bluma Pearl. Everyone is invited. I would say literally the entire Jewish world, if you're up, if you're awake, you're invited to join the Pearls at 7.30 p.m. from 7.30 to 8.30 p.m. on Zoom. We will give out the Zoom ID number, but we're also going to share it as well for a Kabbalist, Kabbalistic Tubishvat Seder. 
And Rabbi Pearl joins us this morning. Rabbi Pearl, good morning. Good morning to you, Miriam, and to everybody. I appreciate the opportunity, as you say, to uh, for all of us to appreciate the depth of what Tubishvat is all about, and uh, especially during these winter moments, uh, for us to be able to think about the land of Israel and the trees of Israel and the, the depth of what Tubishvat is all about. And, and we on the literal uh, simplest level, of course, we don't say Tachnun, which is a big deal for everybody on Monday. Sure. And uh, the, the Morgan of Rome brings down, it's a day to eat many fruits, or kinds of fruits, particularly we go out of our way to try to find the fruits that Israel is blessed with, the Shiva Minim, the seven kinds. So Tubishvat so yeah. is not only about Buxer, Rabbi. I mean, you know, it, it has real <laughs> spiritual meaning. Uh, a, a real depth of the box, of course, is a reminder of, of uh, having a fruit during the season uh, with, to, to be able to make a shechianu. But uh, the, the real depth of Tubishvat is, I mean, most most uh, glaringly is the fact that the Torah uh, compares every one of us. God the man is compared to the tree of the field. So when we when we come to celebrate the New Year for for trees, as it relates to many halachas in, in terms of shmitah and in terms of mices, but it also has a reminder. For us to pause, not only to appreciate the environment around us and to remind ourselves that the the spring is not too far away, especially in the land of Israel, but um, that the fact that we're all compared to a tree. And tree has roots, a tree has a, a trunk, and trees has branches and fruits. And every one of us have our uh, roots really, really deep, like our, four, our, our matriarchs and patriarchs, our forefathers and our matriarchs. And that is below the ground, just like the roots are below the ground, but keeps that tree strong. On uh, Tubishvat, remind ourselves of where we all come from. Then, of course, it's not enough to know where we've come from, that that foundation of faith, amun, and betokhen, we also have to grow from that. That's the trunk of the tree. Just like the trunk itself, you can tell how old it is by these circles. That's our own commitment of growing from all that we have. And the most importantly, what makes the tree worthwhile is that it gives us fruits. And, and the fruits are benefit others. So Tubishvat uh, to is a reminder of where we are ourselves, how we must grow, and make sure that we are helping others, well, just like providing fruit for others, which gives seeds for other fruits and other trees. So, too, all our efforts should have good results and good impact on the world around us. So, Rabbi, let me ask you a question, because this might sound childish, but why is it that we, I mean, at least when I was growing up, we didn't pay that much attention to Tubishvat. It was not seen, I mean, the Tachanun thing is a big deal. Let's be honest. If you have if you have a chassan at that minion, I mean, something's a waste that morning, right? But, but thank you, thank you. But, but let me ask you seriously, like, why didn't we take it seriously, you know, a couple of days ago, de- decades ago, and why are we taking it more seriously now? I, I think that the, we're becoming more aware of, of, of what Tobishvat uh, is all, all about. In, in, in yesteryears, they, they focused more on being Jewish Arbor Day, a focus on the trees. But as the, the great sages and, and Siddish Rebbe's, uh, the Rebbe Lubavitch Rebbe himself, also uh, paused and made this day for Fabrengen and, and focused on what the fruits represent, the depths, and certainly 500 years ago, approximately, the Arizal introduced this to the idea of, of of celebrating a day with focus on on the fruits and in the form of a seder with with different kinds of wines uh, and different kinds of fruits with a focus on on eating 
eating in, in clarity, eating in, in a holiness. And there are the, the whole one of the deeper reasons it's become, I actually say, more prevalent today is because people are thinking more deeper. Mm. And in Kabbalah explains that Tubishvat is actually allows us to have a tikkun to repair the mistake of the way Adam and Eve, Adam and Chava, ate. They ate quickly from the tree, and if it had just had waited a little bit, they would have been okay. So on Tubishvat, by eating fruits with a kavana, with proper foods, etc., in a proper manner, we actually elevate the power of, of eating. And, of course, we know the Seder is very much related to that. And you think about this, Miriam, um, there's the stages of eating in our formation as a people. When we were in slaves in Mitzrayim, we ate like slaves. Mm. When we were freed, we started to eat with freedom, like became matzah. Then we became eating like angels when we started to eat manna from heaven. And then there's even the highest level, of course, so we eat it like a Talmud Chachem, like a wise, deeper person, where everything that we do, even down to how we eat, has holy reasons. So I think it's, it's part, of, a part of the growth, the experience, and the knowledge. More people can be more and more aware of the depth of even what we call minor holidays or, right. or you know, that kind of... Right. Well, I also, I mean, I also want to give Chabad credit here because I, I think that with the, you know, again, with the advent of the Internet, we are able to use that power of the sharing of information for both good and for bad. And when it comes to the sharing of positivity, and in this case, the sharing of an opportunity to celebrate, we are celebrating growth, we are celebrating the land, we are celebrating literally fruits, literally and figuratively, but the opportunity to to share this kind of positive opportunity is something that's very inherently Chabad. Yeah, any, any opportunity to get together, bring the family <laughs> together, to have a Fabrengen, and, and, and to say Lachayim, and certainly with four cups of wine, uh, afford that. But I, I think that there's an interesting dimension to this. Even though we talk about the seven species the land of Israel is blessed with, the majority of them are fruits. The only is wheat. Wheat and barley are the most, you know, the basic uh, sustenance. But the majority are food, like, like the desserts, all these, the olives, the pomegranates, the dates, the figs, and the grapes. And the Rebbe made a point of saying that even as we think about all the fruits of Eretz Yisrael, the majority are pleasurable ones. And the Rebbe learned this as a, a reminder on Tobishvah that all of us should look and to appreciate and enjoy the fact that we have the opportunity to be alive and well mm. and use our mission well and br- bring Simcha to the world. So it's not just you know, a basic wheat and barley kind of focus, oh, we're doing it because we have to do it kind of attitude. But we all know there's always room for, for dessert and for fruit. <laughs> and that's what this holiday represents, the focus on the pleasure we all have. And we give Hashem when we are inspired and sharing with others and and. Even taking such a, a you know, like you say, a holiday, which is not that prevalent, but into making it into a major opportunity to inspire ourselves and deepen our relationship with Hashem is really a, a, something really very special. I agree with you. And I also think that this year is particularly exciting or interesting or poignant being that it's a Shemitah year. What do you think about the confluence of Shemitah and Tu but both represent a recognition of Hashem. We, 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 we lay foul of the grounds with all the halachas. We recognize Hashem is running the show, <laughs> running the land. And Tu Bishvat, in the middle of a winter, uh, certainly in the United States over here, in, in the <laughs> middle of a COVID, everything else, 
where we can pause and think about Hashem and give thanks to Hashem for the basic fruit that we have, the basic foods that we have, and life in general, and, and to strengthen our own roots and to, to give more, to, to provide more good deeds through mitzvahs like that we should compare to fruits of a tree. That all boils down to, you know, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, Hashem. You know, it's it's you're making such an even bigger point, Rabbi, and I and I appreciate you like even framing it that way. The opportunity to take a beat and say thanks. You know, it's not <clears throat> we we're able to take pause. God blessed us with Shabbos, right? God blessed us with Shabbos, yes, and yes. it is a built-in pause where we turn off the world and we spend time with God and we spend time with each other. And it's such a blessing. It's such a blessing. So to be able to, it's a Sunday night. But to be able to either Sunday night, Monday, whatever it is, stop and take a beat. Recognize that your davening is even different that morning because there's no tachanon. Like, like it's really, it's like we're, we've built in opportunities to say this day is different. It might be, and I use this in quotation marks, a minor holiday, right? It might be a right. minor holiday, but it is still an opportunity to take a beat and celebrate. It's, it's such an important built-in component. It's such an important point that you're making. And absolutely, you know, when we, t- we say the word minor, we tend to think of it as being secondary. But the truth is, in the minor holidays, you find the greatest depth as well. Mm. And reminding us in the most simplest details of life, the food that we eat, the bracha we make beforehand, a little bit a, a deeper kavana made beforehand, can take an ordinary minor, you know, idea of just eating and, and elevate it to something spiritual. Because at the, the end of the day, Miriam, this God couldn't, didn't put us in some nirvana, some sort of a, you know, Ganadin somewhere. Some uh, He put us in a real world with right. real issues and real challenges, and we can find godliness down to the fruit that we eat. Oh, it's so important. It's so important. You're listening to That's Life here at, Nach- at the Nachum Siegel Network, and I'm joined by Ray Anshul Pearl of the Chabad of Mineola, who, with along with his wife, is going to be hosting a virtual Tubishvat Seder, and we are all invited. The Four Paths of Eating. Rabbi Anshul and Bluma Pearl join, uh, invite you, invite me, invite everyone to join them this Sunday at 7.30 p.m. via Zoom to enjoy a Kabbalistic Tubishvat Seder. And you'll discover the seven species of the land of Israel and the significance that they all have in Judaism. And of course, you will talk about the four cups of wine. Let's, I mean, how minor of a holiday could it be, Rabbi, if you're being encouraged to drink four cups of wine? <laughs> this is beautiful. <laughs> Four cups of wine. And, and actually, gradations. First, we start off with very clear mm. white wine or grape juice, and it goes, it builds up to very red wine. So it, it goes from openness to, to great potential, the best wine. But the, the idea of seeing the holiness and Hashem in every aspect of our life. And wine, of course, brings simcha. It also brings out the secret, but also <laughs> it symbolizes the idea that inside of everything, Inside that grape, you find goodness. And just like in the, one of the things that we have is olives, which give it a kvetch, out comes the oil. Mm. All the issues that we face today, look, learn from the fruit. You give it, we go through a little difficult time, a little constriction, out comes the best. That is, that, that is the, those, uh, the symbolism there is amazing. I don't think I knew until this moment that you're looking at four different wines for this Seder. That, or, or is it like... Different gradations. I mean, you know, like a process. Right, right. It, 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 four wines are divided up in, in this the Kabbalistic way from white wine, 
Then you add a little bit of, by the way, for those who are not having white, you can use grape juice, of course. You go from white, a little bit red, a little redder, until it becomes totally red. It's all, all reflective of stages of holiness, of, of, from clarity to, to, to growth. They're all deep ideas that are, are explained. We'll go into more detail about it, but to show that every, there's nothing by chance. Everything has a meaning. The kind you have different fruits where the the outside is inedible, like an orange skin you throw away, but the inside is good. Then you have fruits where the inside is as a pit, you throw away the inside, and you you can eat the outside. Then you have fruits that are, you can eat lock, stock, and barrel. Mm. And then there's fruits that we just smell. All these things are all reflective of the godliness that finds itself in every sh- shape. Oh. And, and, and and every every corner in this world. I love this. I absolutely love this. And I gotta I mean this this might sound I'm really not making fun. I'm I'm really asking a serious question here. Is there a sheer of, of wine that you have to drink like it's Pesach? No, no, no. It's <laughs> more symbolic. it's more symbolic. I mean, I, I, nobody's going to be, uh, you know, watching anybody what they drink, but I would hope everyone does things in an appropriate manner. Uh, the, the, the most important sheer here is everyone should should be inspired mm. and take away uh, the importance of, of the tree. And uh, Torah is compared to a tree, so we actually increase in our studying. And, and you know, with the takeaway from from Tobishvat is also practical to people to spend more time uh, in learning and to be able to share with others and uplift the world and know that even if we don't see the results, learn from the seed of a tree or the seed that, after, and that's whether with the boxer comes in the other fruits, where it may take many, many years, but ultimately will grow. So no one should ever imagine all their good efforts for their family, for their community, is for naught because they don't see results. It may take a while, but ultimately the bracha is always there, right under the surface, just the right purpose. And that's really also a deeper side of what Tubishvat is to remind us that all, all our efforts will have wonderful results. That is such, oh my, I, I mean, I, I think that that message right now, Rabbi, with with all the pain that's out there is just is something that's going to reverberate it's something that's really going to resonate for people for a long time tell me something and I, I apologize that i don't know the answer to this question but is this the first year you're doing a virtual tubishvat seder or was there one last year during covid no i this is, for us it's the first time we're doing that uh you know people would love to come together but because of the issues we are doing it so for us it's the first uh, virtual Virtual Tubishvat uh, uh, Seder. So what, and, uh, what inspired you to do it this year? I think it's great. Well, I, I, Zoom has become the way to go these days, right. and, and we have a, uh, the, it allows more people in the safety of their home to learn about this. And uh, I was sitting, I said, you know, Tubishvat's coming up. How can we, how can we include and, and incite and elevate the community in even a bigger, greater way? And uh, this idea came to me. And I've encouraged people to do the proper preparations if they can, to have the fruit and the wine available as we go through it. it. But even if they don't, they can still enjoy and learn about the importance of how we eat, why we eat, and how life really, the truth is we'll end up appreciating that life is really one big Tubishvat celebration. Mm. Wow. Okay. That is, again, that, you know, one other thing that I want to I want to talk about just for for a few minutes because we do have to wrap up and unfortunately Rabbi Pearl you and I both know we could schmooze for a while and I think that that's great but I I want one thing I, I want to mention is the relationship between Jews and food and while food is a very important part of our tradition and of our experience as as religious people 
it's also about respecting the food. And, and I think that that is one of, like, one of the particular messages that you just shared right now, but such an important message for Tubishvat, especially when we are blessed to live in, 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 in a world, in a, on a, in a place, you and I, where there is an abundance of Jewish, of, of kosher food and, and Jewish, you know, food purveyors and kosher food purveyors. So let's talk for a second about the, the seriousness and the, of, of the topic of, of how we are supposed to, as Jews, treat food. Absolutely. You remember when we were younger, our parents, you know, if we didn't want to eat, finish up the food, <laughs> my parents would say, eat, because they're starving in Biafra. Yep. And we always wondered, like, what is my food got to do with someone else? But that's a very deep idea to appreciate the food that we have in front of us and not take it for granted that we can have so many yep. restaurants, etc. There's the Baltashis. We have to be careful not to, uh. not to walk on food. We have to be careful uh, how we treat food. Um, of course, the, 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 the Torah tells us that the, not to mix meat and milk. There's so many things that, that are related to food. And, but really, if you think about this, it goes back to what was the first thing that Adam and, Adam and Eve could eat, Adam and Chava could do, anything they wanted. That the whole Ghanaian for themselves, except be careful of how you eat. Just mm. don't eat from that one tree. Think about this. From all the things, it was all about eating. <laughs> all about eating. And by the way, we make Kiddush from Friday night as a tikkun because they ate from the tree too early. They made Kiddush too early and in the wrong way by eating from the tree when they really should have waited. So there's a lot of uh, uh, deeper idea of, of control, self-control, and focus on the basic ideas. And on a deeper level as well, food has the sparks of holiness. We all need food. It doesn't make sense. We're intellectual. We have a neshama. What do we have to, you know, the vegetable kingdom, and, the, and, and that's, a, that's a, in a certain sense, it's a little below the mankind as you go from the ground to the vegetation to the animal to mankind. And yet man will, must rely on the eating of, of animals and eating of, of, uh, of, of food because there's, there's actually holy sparks that inside the food that we elevate when we make the bracha. And um, that's also part of a reminder of how sacred food is. Mm. It's God's blessing to the world and all, all the efforts made to help people who don't have food. And, if, and, and we're making effort on Long Island, especially on to, to Bishwat, for those who may be alone, to have the opportunity to, to have some fruits to be included in the celebration. Amazing, amazing. Your virtual Tubishvat Seder, it's on your computer, folks. It's on Zoom. It's on your phone. How much easier could it be to join the Pearls for their virtual Tubishvat Seder? Again, it's 7.30 p.m. this Sunday. I will give everyone the Zoom ID. It's a lot of numbers. I can tell you that the passcode is fruit. That's easy to remember. The Zoom ID we will share. It's not a problem, and we'll we'll make sure that the that the image for the flyer is posted so that everybody should be able to see it. The Zoom ID is 831-5798-2377. I'll read it again, though at this point we're all used to writing down Zoom IDs. It's just what we do. 831-5798-2377. Passcode is fruit. Rabbi Pearl, I wish you a Chag Sameach. <laughs> and thank I, you. Thank you very much. And I thank you so much for joining me. I hope you have many, many attendees Sunday night, and we should we should share more wonderful Chagim together. Thank you, and I say uh, to all the trees out there, Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year indeed.
Happy New Year indeed. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Siegel Network. And a full day of programming continues right after this show. The live lunch hosted by Nachum Siegel just begins in just a few moments. Of course, of course, wow, of course, Throwback Thursday at 1 p.m. And the Encore of JM Rewind at 4 p.m. And the Arab Shabbos show hosted by Mark Zomik at 7 p.m. Our continued thanks to Kedem for sponsoring that program. And then, of course, join Nachum tomorrow morning as he hosts JM and AM at 6 a.m. Malcolm Holmline scheduled to join Nachum at 7.40 a.m. Avrami hosts Saturday Night Seagull, Matzei Shabbos starting at 9 p.m. Matis going strong, JM Sunday, 7 a.m. Sunday morning. He really is a wonder. I got to be honest with you. He is a wonder. We are going to close today with what I would think is the most appropriate the most appropriate Tubishvat song to conclude this show with. This is Al Kol Ela by Naomi Shemer. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys. Anas Marli al-Kolele, al-Ah.